Welcome back to the Scarlet Fever, the Daily Nebraskans' own sports podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Meyer. Alongside with me, as always, is my co-host, Gavin Strew. We've got a massive episode for you today. There is a ton to dive into. Starting off, we're going to recap the Nebraska football spring game, dive into what we thought about it, what our biggest takeaways, and then go into the transfer portal news. There's been a lot of headway this week for Nebraska football, as well as Nebraska basketball. There's been a couple guys that Nebraska has missed out on recently, and we're going to dive into that, as well as a couple other things. Thank you so much for joining us. Gavin, how are you doing today? You know, I'm happy we have a lot to talk about today, but... uh... Not all of it good news. No. Um, so let's get into it. Yeah. So let's talk about the spring game first. Let's uh, dive into, you know, the most recent topic. We've been waiting for this game for so long. It was our first chance to see Matt Rule in action. First chance to see Matt Rule run out of the tunnel. He didn't even lead the team out of the tunnel, which was a new thing. Um, but what's what's your biggest, you know, what, what is, stands out to you most after seeing this Matt Rule era on the field in Memorial from the press box? What's your biggest takeaway now that we've seen them on the field? Yeah, I don't know if there's one like central underlying uh, theme to it. Uh, I would say if I had to find one, it would be that you know they they've been pretty honest about what they've said mm-hmm. all throughout um, you know the winter months when Rule was hired and spring ball. Um, a lot of that, a lot of what they said they were going to do with the program has bared itself out um, in terms of you know a lot of the rooms being pretty open. In terms of style of play, offensively, uh, defensively, to some extent. So, I guess from a from a media standpoint, that's kind of reassuring that for the most part, it seems like at this point we're being fed, you know, correct information. Right. Absolutely, it didn't seem like it's been all talk, and they haven't been putting in the work. Um, you know, it, you could see that this was actually something they had been working on. Even with the sometimes there was sloppy play or some things didn't go right or you know guys weren't always on the same page. You could tell that this is a work in progress, and and I appreciated that. You know, from the media perspective, when we see the you know get up in front of the mic, talk about this is going on, this is going on, this is going on, to really see Matt Rule just dive into it. There wasn't a lot of show, at least you know the the university had a lot of show. It didn't seem like Matt Rule was super into the show. Post game, he was very you know direct. This is what we need to work on. We got to get better here, um, which has contrasted a little bit the kind of the. You know, overarching big, you know, loud trumpets, noise, flash, all this from Matt Rules joining. So that I, you know, I appreciated seeing that. Um, compared to previous years, I know you've covered a spring game in the past. This was my first spring game, uh, covering it for the media. What what was the difference? I know live tackling an actual game. Did you see any difference there versus these guys are actually hitting each other hard compared to previous years? Yeah, I mean, obviously the game was fundamentally different mm-hmm. in that it was traditional format, um, regular scoring, and then obviously the hitting which you don't see often in spring games. Uh, so I entered with pretty high expectations, honestly. Uh, and, I mean, they it wasn't anything they did. Like, they played they played uh, Jeff Sims, the presumed right. QB1, uh, throughout the whole game. But I was left a little underwhelmed. I think I built my expectations a little too high, just given the fact that, you know, we kind of saw, like, an actual game. Right. Uh, not necessarily what we saw on field, underwhelmed me it was just the game the game itself the second half it was pretty wasn't a lot going on. and then yeah it kind of turned into a, a fumble fest right um so what did you make of that i guess did you i mean some could argue that's the prevailing takeaway did that yeah. concern you no i think for me it was almost like they have their outside of a few positions it seemed like especially offensively they know what they're going to be and they were giving other guys opportunities to shine 
Um, outside of running back, and we can talk about that a little bit later, but felt like, okay, we know Sims is the guy. Obviously, with Casey coming back, we don't know there, but of every quarterback that we saw, Sims was far and away the best out there. I think the other guys were like a combined 12 for 41 passing, so clearly Sims was the guy there. Um, and then in terms of the wide receivers, seemed like Washington and Kemp, we kind of know these guys are going to be stand out. They didn't get a lot of targets. They didn't even get a lot of snaps. Um, so it felt like it was kind of just more feel out the second team guys, um, and I think that's what contributed to the sloppiness. In terms of how the, you know, it's just, it's so funny because it's a spring game, right? So if the offensive line looks good, is it because the offensive line is good or the def defensive line is good? Defensive line looked pretty strong in this game, but we know how bad Nebraska's offensive line has been in the past. So again, those questions rise. I didn't, I wasn't super bothered by the sloppiness. I think some of that was just guys that quarterbacks that just aren't going to see the field. And that's the reality of the situation. For Nebraska, I think you have to be reassured that, you know, we don't know Casey Thompson's status. If he does come back at the minimum, you know, and, and is healthy and is able to play, at the minimum, he's the quarterback two, which is a far and away step above what they had last year at the quarterback two position. Um, so some of that sloppiness that we saw last year from Smothers or Purdy or these guys, that's going to be pushed farther down the depth chart. And we've seen that already today with guys jumping in the transfer portal, which we'll talk about again in a second. Um, so in terms of the sloppiness, that didn't bother me. It was a it, it was more of a practice vibe. Rules out there on the field. There were you know he talked about in the post game. There were a couple times where plays didn't go their way, and he just said you know let let's let's fi let's fix this fix this later. I want to get you guys in a in a game situation. So it is a spring spring game. You're not expected to be polished. I know people will look at oh Oklahoma's spring game. They scored 55 points. Well, you didn't watch that game. The, the you know it's the way that Nebraska went out there where they weren't trying to score offensively if they wanted to they would have just left Sims and Sims and the guys out there all game so um, the low scoring little offense kind of ugly game didn't bother me is I guess my long way winded long winded way of saying that yeah fair I would say I'm more concerned about it than I was going into the game that's fair in terms of all security but I think they'll get it I think if anything you know probably maybe open their eyes a little bit more mm -hmm. to it and it'll be it'll be not a central focus mm -hmm. of yeah. the fall. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was a little disappointed because I think one of those key fumbles maybe took a little took away from one of the guys who maybe would have had as one of the guys who kind of stood out mm -hmm. in Gabe Irvin Jr. Uh, it was interesting to see him get the first carries. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, especially after him, you know, the whole history of him being the first true freshman running back to start a game for Nebraska. Um, didn't put up gaudy numbers, but had that nice touchdown run, uh, you know, got the nominal first carry and then had that fumble. Did you feel like you learned anything about him or the running back room? I, no, <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I learned nothing about the running back room, to be honest with you, because it just seemed like they're again, not a standout guy, which we kind of expected going into this year, I think. Um, and it even was sometimes that way, even though Anthony Grant kind of rose above the rest. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, it, it was kind of like I expected. To, I expected to see a lot more Anthony Grant. I know a lot of people are higher than Gabe Irvin this year than they haven't been in past years. Um, very balanced carries to see AJ Allen there with the second team, and then Anthony Grant coming as like the third guy with Ramir was kind of weird. So I don't know what their process was there. It's hard to know. Like, is the lack of snaps for some of those guys? because they are going to be 
lower down the depth chart, or is it a situation like Billy Camp or Marcus Washington where they didn't get a lot of snaps because we know they're going to be the top guys and they don't need the extra reps? So, again, not super sure. So I didn't really I, – I, I guess what's your thought on the running back room at this point? Yeah, same as you, where it's like you could tell me any order four months from now, mm-hmm. and I'd believe you, honestly. Um, I guess – I mean, we were kind of surprised as we were sitting there, like, not seeing Grant for the first couple drives. Yeah, it was, it was strange. Yeah, but I'm almost more seeing like him being the quote-unquote second back or third back or whatever for the white team. I almost see that more as they wanted him to play with the first-team offense. Yeah. And I guess those guys are ahead of A.J. Allen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. in- interesting. I definitely don't think it's his job to lose, per se, which is probably good for the whole room. And, yeah, I agree with you about the receivers. Uh, Kemp and Washington was another one that I was, you know, probably a little more worried than I should for a quarter of that spring game where we didn't see anything out of him, but he had a big second quarter or something. And those definitely look like the top two. Um, It'll be interesting how that shakes out around them and behind them Mm -hmm. with several receivers entering the portal um, and then obviously losing Trey Palmer to the NFL draft. So. That'll be interesting, something we didn't necessarily see, but it was reassuring to see Billy Kemp definitely right. look the part. Oh, yeah. I, I was really impressed by him um, just because coming in – I mean, he's experienced, so you expect him to come in and be ready. It just looked like he was a step above um, whatever you know defense he was going against, which is fair. It's an unexperienced defense. Um, so, again, kind of hard to – gauge the success there but he looked like a seasoned veteran which is what you know we're expecting him to do um in terms of the rest of the wide receiver production it's hard to know do you feel like there's just not that many it's obviously going to take a step down from previous years um, with the loss of trey palmer but do you see this as the lack of pass catches was the fault of the quarterbacks in the spring game, or is there just not going to be the same wide receiver talent that we've seen in previous years on this Nebraska team? I think combination of both. Uh, obviously, we saw Sims can get the ball to those guys mm-hmm. a little right. better. But, yeah, I, and that's something I hadn't necessarily thought about is I don't I don't think there's a Trey Palmer in this room, but I think you're right in that you know there might be a step down for this receiving core. I think Kemp and Washington are both pretty good. I think maybe they're both very good number twos mm-hmm. i guess we'll see it's not like nebraska's had a number one receiver clear number one receiver every season but yeah that definitely opens the door for a guy like xavier Betts coming right. in who's taken a year off of football uh josh fleeks who you know has been he probably has the edge for that third job right now given he's what a fifth or sixth year senior mm-hmm. has been around even if he hasn't had any crazy seasons uh or even like a guy like I don't know, Malachi Coleman coming in mm-hmm. uh, doesn't help that he's not an early enrollee, but you know, being a high-pedigree recruit, maybe he can put himself among the top quartet of receivers or whatever. But yeah, that is that is an interesting thought. It wasn't like there was an egregious amount of drops or anything, but something to monitor. Yeah, it's it. I think my point is that you don't have a Samori Toure, you don't have a Trey Palmer necessarily. Yeah. Um, it's probably going to be more of a, not necessarily that there isn't that talent there, but it's more of just a, you know, group, group effort this year. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, that's probably going to change based on who the starting quarterback is because they both have different talents. Um, that's something I wanted to talk about next is we talked about the running backs, but as the running game as a whole, 
Jeff Sims showed that he has he has legs, and I was I was amazed. Like I hadn't seen him in person before. That is a big dude, especially yeah. watching him in the press conference. Like he was a towering figure. Um, so his power and his ability to run and escape the pocket could take this offense to the next level, especially with the lack of offensive line talent. This is something we talked about last year all the time. Casey Thompson, great talent. Just when he was sitting in the pocket too long, it seemed like he would he would you know wait a little bit too long to release it or get out of the pocket. Seems like Sims won't have that problem. And even if the offensive line does let him down, which I expect, I think we're going to expect that for a long time out of Nebraska's offensive line, even though even if they are you know a little bit improved this year, um, I think Sims might have the better edge there in terms of getting out of the pocket and making plays when the when the when the play breaks down. Yeah, I think that's a fair thought. And, yeah, as we said, definitely seems like he has the edge. He was everything he needed to be uh, pretty accurate. Had, you know, that one nice connection to uh, Borkirker. Uh, they didn't really draw up any big downfield passes. No. So I was kind of expecting to see a couple uh, with him. And then flash it with his legs enough. But, yeah, it's good to see. For me, that's the ideal quarterback is a guy who's toolsy like that. Uh, I would – you know, call him a dual threat, but not yeah. a running quarterback because you don't want a guy. I don't think you want a guy toting the ball 15 times a game no. like you got up to with uh, some of the guys Nebraska's had in the past, yeah. Adrian Martinez, Tommy Armstrong, Taylor mm-hmm. Martinez. So someone with a little more willingness to run than Casey. I think Casey's more athletic than he gets credit for. Right. Uh, Sims is obviously more, but someone who's willing to, you know, tuck and run when he has to, uh, but also has an arm. And we'll see. Uh, I mean, he was a more than anything. I would say he was an average, maybe probably an average ACC quarterback mm-hmm. at Georgia Tech. Uh, so I'm curious to see if you know the accuracy, which one of the big things previously for him, if that improves under rule. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting because he does have a pretty release. He does you look like he has the mm-hmm. arm strength. Um, look like he made right decisions. Found the open guys multiple times, especially with Kemp. Uh, that was my biggest takeaway is I think that connection between Kemp and Sims will be very strong to newcomers. Um, at the end of the day, are you are you full aboard the Sims train at this point? Do you think he should be full go for the quarterback one? No, I still want to see a good old-fashioned quarterback battle. Um, I think I think Casey at least deserves it. I mm-hmm. think he lived up to expectations right. last year. Oh, absolutely. He was, uh, I would say, above average Big Ten quarterback, maybe just slightly, and I think he I think he wants to smoke. I saw he posted a bunch of throwing videos on his <laughs> yeah. Instagram stories yesterday or today. So showing that little uh, little message to the people that he's back or close to it. So yeah, I, I like the intrigue and I kind of like the mystery of having that. Uh, I think Sims obviously has the edge being handpicked by Rule and being healthy through the spring, but they at least owe it to Casey. Yeah. Uh, and his experience to give him a shot. For sure. I, you, I mean, we saw with our own eyes how much the offense took a step down last year without him under there. Yeah. So at bare minimum, he's, he's earned a shot to compete for the job, even coming off an injury. And I think that's great for the room. You haven't had that in a while where the backup is a legitimate threat to the starter. I think that'll only boost competition. Um, <clears throat> and I think that's what Rule has kind of, you said, like, you're going to earn your spot. There's no earn, there's no, you know, automatic spots on this roster. And even with the quarterback one, that's the case this year. So I'm excited to see how that plays out. Um, and even, you know, let's say Casey does win the job. 
we've seen him in get injured rather than have, you know, a Chubba Purdy come in, you could have a Jeff Sims come in and he could win the job from there. So definitely more of a, more of security, um, under center. Um, anything on the other, you know, else on the offensive side of the ball you want to touch on, um, in terms of, you know, anything that you have, that you had thoughts on? Yeah. I mean, I think we can kind of jump into, uh, I'll transition speaking of competition in that quarterback room. Yep. Smaller room now. It's much smaller room, yeah. Kind of a couple sudden departures, uh, Logan Smothers and Richard Torres. Interesting that it happened when it did, uh, especially, I mean, we're seeing a lot of guys enter the port in the last couple of days from Nebraska and other places, um, <laughs> border states. But uh, I wonder if they had, you know, individual meetings or something like that immediately after the spring game, and that's why we're seeing them now, and guys found out more so where they are is kind of my suspicion. But, yeah, it's interesting. Smothers did it now because he's out the whole spring. Mm-hmm. I figured maybe he'd stick through if he was here this long. But Torres makes sense. Uh, probably didn't have quite the spring game he wanted to and realized he's at least fourth string or something. Mm-hmm. So he'll hit the portal. Uh, I see Smothers you know, doing something somewhere. Yeah. I can see him having pretty good – career finishing out in the CUSA or Sunbelt closer yeah. to home. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what do you make of that smaller room? Do you draw any conclusions from that on the third string quarterback battle? Yeah, not really. Honestly, I, I think we saw this last year where the step down, it didn't really matter who it was. The team just wasn't going to win games in the big 10 without a quarterback one. And I think there's two quarterback ones on this roster at this point, And there are a lot of quarterback threes on this roster. I don't really see any strong quarterback twos. Um, so I think all those guys fighting for the spot, you know, I was, I was always a big, I, I was a proponent of giving Smothers an op, a chance. Yeah. Um, the injuries kept kind of set him back. We saw him do, a, you know, a couple nice series here and there, a couple halves of football that were really nice. Uh, never really got a shot, but he stuck loyal to the program through it. I thought for sure he was going to transfer once Sims was in here. Um, Cause to me, that kind of said to, to like Smothers, you're not going to get the job. Um, that kind of, to me, that said, none of these guys are going to get the job. Uh, you know, as Casey's staying, bringing Sims in, not super concerned about the loss of Smothers and Torres. I think if either of those guys are your starting quarterback, you're going to have a really tough time winning games in the Big Ten. And and Matt Rule said our our goal is to win win games. So, you know, developmental pieces. At some point, the developmental pieces are just you know guys that are just sitting on the roster. And for them to go to somewhere else where they have a chance to you know contend for a starting job, you know, good for them. Um, yeah, I, I, there's there's you got to let guys go. And I know there's been a lot of news, especially with the specific border state that you're talking about, how guys are leaving and all that. But there, you got to make room for guys. Um, and this quarterback room was very full. We saw that in the spring game where, you know, Casey Thompson's injured, not even playing. Smothers isn't even playing. And it seems like there's a new guy on every single series. So I'm not too concerned. Are you, or do you have any concerns about the depth at this point? No, I think four scholarship guys is enough. And that's a pretty common number mm-hmm. for most schools. Uh, the guys I was more, I think Nebraska should be more concerned about are the other portal departures. Yep. So in the last couple of days, a couple of backup receivers, but guys that we definitely, I think, thought could fit into the two deep or three deep and get, you know, dozen catches or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victor Jones and Sean Hardy. I would even venture to say that Hardy was like, I don't know, pretty, pretty in line to be a backup at least. Uh, both been here a couple of years now. Uh, I was kind of partial to Jones. I just partially because I wrote his recruiting profile 
couple of years ago uh, for the World Herald. But he's he's a guy who was he was a three star, but he had pretty impressive production at the highest level of uh, high school football in Florida, seven A. Dude had two seasons of like eight hundred receiving yards, um, and he's kind of a burner too, which is something that I don't know that Nebraska has a ton of right now. Uh, I think they have speed, but not anyone necessarily in that mold uh maybe Xavier Betts but yeah both him and Hardy seeing them go kind of hurts um kind of with them goes sort of the last vestiges of that Scott Frost Florida Georgia pipeline it yeah. seems like um at specific skill positions but uh yeah I think both of those on the offensive side hurt more than the quarterbacks and then there's one on the defensive side that I think hurts more than any of them yeah I think this is the worst one especially immediately yeah uh which would be Stephon Wynn who was transferred from Alabama last year and uh, I think was supposed to have a little bigger role than he did but still was in the 2D rotated in uh usually played a couple downs every series and yeah, that definitely hurts. He was a blue chip guy that I think maybe they were hoping to get a little more out of. And who knows, maybe this was the Nebraska coaching staff telling him, but I think they definitely could have used him. And I'm curious what you think about this. I wonder if it – so this isn't directly positional because he's more defensive tackle mold, but I wonder if his decision to leave is tied in any sense to uh, Prince Will and Cam Lenhart's impressive spring day performances. Yeah, yeah and we'll touch on that in a second. I'm not. I'm not honestly sure. I think maybe he's just looking for a bigger role at this point. But you're right that he's expected to play significant staff snaps at least from our perspective. Of you know maybe there's something going on in the locker room that that he just felt like I'm not going to get the playing time. But yeah, that that one hurts. Um, it's just hard because like who is going to be? Is there anyone else that you think that you you were expecting to transfer that no longer is, or any spots that you're like well. There's more depth in this spot. You might expect to see some more guys transfer out. Quarterback definitely made sense. Uh, I guess another one we should note is Braxton Clark mm-hmm. entered the portal as well. He was kind of a career backup here. Um, lengthy, toolsy cornerback that never never totally realized the vision that yeah. um, previous staff had for him. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe another defensive back. Uh, probably another defensive back, honestly. But not necessarily – um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of really intrigued by the dynamics of that win departure. Because uh, the 3 3 5, I mean, you could make the argument that that leaves less room for him to fit right. into that than a traditional 3 4 or 4 four man front. Uh, so I don't know. Or maybe Elijah Judy, uh, Texas AM transfer, also D lineman, who's. Um, had a decent spring game. Maybe he's surpassed win. I'm not sure, but that's, that'll be interesting. Uh, I think Lenhart and Prince will definitely definitely impress me a lot more than I oh, thought. Oh, absolutely. And I think they're going to have a very good chance at getting consistent snaps in the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, you have to press it, preface it with Nebraska's offensive line is who they're going up against. But yeah. for an early enrollee to impress – almost over anyone else on the defense in this spring game. Very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Even if they're not a starter their freshman year, they have that development piece where I would 100% expect them to get snaps. Everyone in the, pro- in the press conference spoke highly of them um, when asked about them. So I think that bodes well. You know, it's just hard to 
there's still spots left on this roster that their guys need to come out. And there were so many added pieces on the defensive line that I guess maybe at some point someone had to go and win felt like he's not going to get the action that he deserves and can get it somewhere else. Definitely a big loss. Um, I don't think it necessarily hurts the defensive line too bad, but you want to have that seasoned veteran in there, especially mm-hmm. with all these young guys. Yeah, probably didn't swing a game, but definitely was right. a body you would like to have. And I would say is by far the most significant in these transfers. I don't think any of these there's – a, there's a very good chance that Victor Jones and Sean Hardy weren't going to get more than a couple catches this mm-hmm. year and weren't going to factor into the program's long-term plans. But win would have definitely been nice to have this season. Yeah. Any, any other specific uh, spring game takeaways, any transfer portal stuff you want to dive into? I think we pretty much hit on all of it. Uh, I think we can segue to another transfer portal. Yeah, basketball. So there was a lot of news over the last couple of weeks about who Nebraska was touring around and taking vi- uh, visits, transfer portal, and over 4 right now from the point guard position. Uh, they have brought in two transfers. How much does this concern you? They were all pretty big name guys, you know, kind of, you know, shooting, you know, big hit, big swing, struck out on them. How much does that concern you? Is there an underlying reason why none of these guys want to join on to the Fred Hoiberg experience, in your opinion? Yeah, a little concerning. I don't think it's doomsday. Um, it's tough. I, I think the biggest thing to keep in mind is the transfer portal is not yet closed. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska has gotten some guys into May before in the last couple of years. Uh, so it's, I mean, they still got a chance of getting a lead ball handler. But, yeah, it's, I, I still had a hard time believing. I don't know, because if they got one of these guys, they would have had a decent shot at improving from last year. But it's going to be a very tough road to, uh, you know, making the NIT mm-hmm. uh, with the roster they have, I kind of feel like. I think they have a good, competent roster. Uh, I think Bryce Williams and Rank Mast both factor into the starting lineup probably and are pretty good polls for Nebraska, but they probably needed a little more than they've gotten thus far, obviously. Uh, and you would you could argue that lead ball handler was their biggest need, mm-hmm. I would say. So, yeah, I mean, by all accounts, I heard most of these, pretty much all four of these visits, um, these lead ball handlers went well. So they were... Kirk Risa, who picked West Virginia, Latrell Wrightsell, who just picked Alabama a few days ago, J.V. McCollum, who picked Oklahoma, I think, last week, and Hunter Salas, probably the one that stings the most, yeah. who picked uh, Wake this morning. I mean, what did you did you expect they were going to get one or a couple of those? Would it, would, where's your head at? You know, I, I, it's, I'm such a... Uh, I wouldn't say pessimist, but a Mm -hmm. doubter when it comes to these big name recruits for Nebraska. I think a lot of times, yeah, I think a lot of times the, you know, very Twitter happy online sphere of Nebraska kind of boosts up people's uh, opinions of these players that they're going to come here. here. Um, I I, I expect, I thought at this point in the game, Salas was probably going to come here um, just because of, you know, he's hanging out with Bryce McGowan's at the spring game. And it seems like he's enjoying the visit. And then right after he chooses Wake Forest, which is, I I don't know. I, I mean, I guess you're more plugged into the scape of NCAA basketball. Is that somewhere that you think he feels that he's going to have a lot more success, um, a better chance to make the league at Wake Forest than maybe at Nebraska? Yeah, that's that's got to be the 
plan. Because um, it's just a weird move, you know, him being him being from the Midwest, going to the West Coast, and then just absolutely traversing to the East Coast. Wake is an traditional power. Right. But they have had success in recent years. They were slightly better in Nebraska this year. But the biggest thing is they brought in two transfer lead guards in the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alondis Williams, I think, from Oklahoma, who got drafted in the second round last year. And then Tyree Appleby this past year yep. from Florida. Both of them put up big numbers. All ACC. Salas probably is more talented than either of them. Uh, so, so you think they, he's thinking the same that he can he can be that next Wake Forest guard to yeah definitely things. and I think I have a hard time believing because I, I know Nebraska pitched to him that he was going to be the point guard which makes sense which he wasn't always at Gonzaga um, but I have a hard time thinking that Wake Forest role for him is significantly bigger than it would have been in Lincoln mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty high on him obviously maybe maybe a little too high but I just think him being you know, a former five-star, mostly on the basis of his offensive upside. Right. And then he's been mostly a defensive player in college. That's how we got his time at Gonzaga. Um, he's a pretty impressive athlete. But yeah, I think there's a ton of upside. I think Nebraska probably rightly sold him on the idea that he was going to be maybe even the focal point of the offense, handling the ball. Um, Wake probably did the same. So I'm a little surprised by the decision. I thought it was more likely than not that he would come to Nebraska, but I'm mm. not know floored by it right. I'm not totally shocked for me it's not even that he's not coming to Nebraska it's that he chose Wake Forest I mean I know that yeah. was the other big player in this mm-hmm. but I would expect him to go to a more you know a traditional power uh right sell him going to Alabama that just makes sense right you're going to a team that was a number one seed in the NCAA tournament over Nebraska I was never super like confident that Nebraska was land him but when you see these other teams that are talking to Salas you know doesn't even take a, a visit at Creighton um, it felt just like, yeah, these pieces are kind of, you don't see often a guy goes away, big five-star recruit goes to a place, doesn't have a lot of success, comes back home, gets the tour, gets the whole experience, and then goes to the opposite coast. Yeah. So it is a kind of an odd thing. I, I would love to know more. I, I just feel like there's something underlying story that we don't have yet. Uh, you know, we may never have. I just have a hard time believing that what he saw in Nebraska was so much lower than Wake Forest that he wanted to go across the country and not stay home. Um, maybe there's you know, something in there, but you know, you can't, I mean, you can say for even when he's talking to Bryce McGowan's, I mean, the, the going to the league necessarily isn't like you can't do it in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. McGowan's is having a strong year. So I I don't necessarily think that he's like, Oh, Nebraska is so there's no chance for me to make the league if I come here. Um, But again, it's Nebraska basketball. I think sometimes we have to remind ourselves that of this is just not a strong base of a program of the history. And, I know Wake Forest doesn't have the same either, um, but it's not it's not the same as a football where a guy comes home and you expect him to come here because of the history and because yeah. he grew up around the culture. Um, you know, I would I would have from the beginning I would have expected him to go to Creighton. Um, that didn't happen, obviously. So I'm not super shocked. Yeah, I think Creighton kind of didn't have the role to offer yeah. him. That he, I think Creighton got their guy in um, Stephen Ashworth, the Utah State yeah. guy, and decided to ride with him. But yeah, definitely interesting. Um, yeah, it's just funny that a week ago, a week and a half ago, it looked like there was you know, maybe better than not odds that Nebraska was going to bring in both Salas and Wright Cell. Yeah. And now they go over. Um, I didn't really expect them to get Kirk Risa. I think that was, that was kind of surprising that he even took a visit to Lincoln. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, again, not not total doomsday. They got a couple good mid-major up transfers who, as we said before, were the league scorers of their teams who were just as good as Nebraska last year. So that'll be nice. It's It'll be interesting to see the dynamics um, just to how this lineup plays out next year because, again, they could still get someone, but it looks like what they have is who they'll have you know right. six months from now. Um, so that's Mast, Bryce Williams, I think Casey. Yeah, well, let's touch on that. What, what are your thoughts about him testing the NBA draft waters? I just think that's interesting phrasing there. Yeah, and he waited till the last, absolute last right. minute to do it. The too. last hour. To, yeah, which 10 is like, p.m. What? or something. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't blame him at all if that's what he – I think it's almost sometimes makes more sense than not to go through that process and get that input um, if you think you have a future in the league, um, which he might. So I don't blame him. Um, it's a little – I mean, it's tough that people won't know for probably a couple months what – Right. What his destiny is. Um, I guess two months max by this point. But I'm kind of operating, operating under the assumption that I'll probably have him. Um, so, yeah, again, it'll be him. Those two transfers they brought in as a foundation. Jamarcus Lawrence will be huge for them. Um, definitely, They'll definitely be hoping he develops. Uh, Jawan Gary, who for some reason I keep forgetting about. Yeah, um, coming he back. Was, he was the only one of their turners that started at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season. Um and then Ramel Lloyd is someone that people will be. Yeah, that's exciting. He's one of the, yeah, I think, top three recruits in Nebraska history, basketball yeah. history. So definitely could see development there. Maybe he's the point guard. Yeah, possibly. He, he was a guy who did that a little bit at Sierra Canyon, which, I mean, it's Sierra Canyon. Right. So um, obviously he's got some chops in that department, but I don't know. I, I don't think they're wanting to enter the summer without a true ball handler, no. which – Again, I'm kind of going back on myself, but you could argue that Salas and Wrightsell aren't true ball handlers, true. but um, definitely would have liked to have some of that talent. Uh, the last guy in Nebraska is confirmed to be in the mix for in the transfer portal, and I think they'll be in the mix for a couple more guys in the coming weeks. But uh, Josiah Alec, I don't think we talked about him last time we no. recorded, but he came and visited uh, this past weekend concurrently with Salas. Uh, Guy that wasn't really on my radar until this year because he was, he was uh, starting four and probably the fourth or fifth option for a pretty good New Mexico team, team that was in the tournament hunt for a while. I think one of the last undefeated teams this year. Uh, but yeah, he's a he's a guy who they can look to primarily to rebound. He's a little more, little bigger version of Juwan Gary, I'd say, but probably someone they could slot into the sorry slot into tight rotation. Uh, I think they probably have a good chance at him, but it's he's he's a guy I think they would definitely appreciate having as someone they passed on initially coming out of Lincoln North Star and then goes the mid-major route, transfers up to New Mexico, and then looks like he has the opportunity to transfer up to the Power Five ranks. So that's maybe a maybe a guy they could recoup some of their um, transfer portal hopes with. Right, there's definitely work to be done. You know, 0 for four doesn't look too good on paper but again those are some pretty big names um and i don't think at this point last year we would expect those names to be considering nebraska so um anything else you want to touch on with uh, basketball i think we pretty much hit on it all cool anything else in general you think we got to touch on uh the nebraska volleyball i'm excited about this i don't know about you but to see uh some nebraska volleyball in memorial stadium 
Do you if you had to guess a number on how many tickets are sold, what would you say? Right now? Mm-hmm. Do you know the number? Oh no, I mean like in total. Like how many are sold by by the day by the event? Yeah. I'd go like seventy thousand. Yeah, I mean I think that's I'll go like which is wild seventy five. I think it's just like that 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 culture thing, which is just crazy to me. I mean, the fact that they could even pull that off is wild. You that, there's nowhere else in the country where you can do that, but. That'll be interesting. Uh, excited to check on that next year. Um, I think that's all I got. If you got anything else? I think we hit it. Cool. Well, thank you so much for listening. There was a lot to dive into today. Nebraska football getting full underway with the transfer portal and the spring game as well as Nebraska basketball. Trying to take some big swings, striking out, but there's still work to be done. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week.